0: Good evening, alcoholics, and welcome to another episode of Bar Culture Pubcast. I am one of your hosts, Will. I got uh, my other host here, Steve. Steve is uh, not in location, so we are doing this episode over Skype, so maybe a little pausey here and there, but we'll see. It's a first run for everything. So, Steve, why don't you say hi to everybody?
1: What's going on, everybody? Uh, yeah, we, we're doing this for the first time. I know we've uh, played with it, uh, just trying to get our schedules to sync up. Sometimes hasn't been working, so uh, we're going to extend ourselves, learn something new, try something new, and uh, see where this takes us. Uh, maybe we'll branch out and have multiple guests uh, at some point, kind of you know, remotely, just. Uh, you know, depending on how things work out with this. So uh, trial run, we'll see where it takes us and uh, see what we can do. You know, it's, just, it's not the same as being able to sit and chill and, you know, having dinner and all that like we usually do. But, uh, you know, schedules don't always uh, match for everybody. So we'll see what, what happens with it.
0: All right. So as always, I'm kind of the wing nut of the group. I kind of go off on, on whatever, Steve. And we have discussions, you know, pre-show discussions and, I let Steve write all those down in the notebook. So, Steve, why don't you take <laughs> us through the, uh, the itinerary of the episode?
1: Yeah, so uh, I think if you listened to last episode, or maybe that was the episode we lost, I uh, I didn't have, have my notebook. It, it kind of sucked because I felt like I was flying blind. I kind of like a little bit of an outline before you go down our rabbit holes.
0: Yeah, Steve likes to, um, t- to be prepared. I kind of like to just go with the flow of things. So that's kind of what makes this work. A little better. Well, listen, than...
1: if, as I say, one of us has got to be the uh, the straight man. One of us has got to be the fall guy. I think uh, everybody knows where, where those lies, uh, where those lines lie. So, um, yeah, as I, I kind of like to have an idea of what I'm getting into before I just look and leap, so to speak. Um, tonight's episode, today's episode, whenever you decide to stream this episode, it's um, going to be kind of uh, based off of, uh, I about said old times. Uh, an old movie that that we both like. Uh, I know many of you probably have seen it or heard about uh, the uh, the live action version of Aladdin. Um, it's uh, one of those movies that I I watched. I can't even count how many times. Uh, you know, with with my sister, I think even with my my youngest has probably watched it a few times with her as well. Um, Robin Williams was. Uh, uh, epic, for lack of a better word, with all the voices and all the work he did uh, in that. And, uh, you know, it was, it was one of, I guess, the family favorites, just to put it. I'm sure a lot of other listeners, uh, I'm sure Will as well, probably, you know, seen it a thousand times. Oh, it, so, was, uh,
0: it was my movie growing up. It was one of my favorite Disney movies to to watch. Um, you know, it was magical. I, I would have was, to agree, yeah. You know, it was a little magical, it was exotic. It was in a faraway place. Um, it, was, it was a fun movie to watch. I watched that one, and they had, like, two or three other ones. I think it was, like, two or... I think it was three in total. You um, well, used to I have all of them the, on VHS. During,
1: during the uh, show prep, uh, you even said they had, like, video games for a couple oh, yeah, different systems. And that's something I, I never remembered. Like, I guess I was... I mean, I was probably on the older spectrum of, of fans of the movie. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I never thought about the video games or anything as anything like that as well so
0: yeah i think it was a super nintendo game or a n64 game i can't remember what console it was on all i know is i used to play it a lot and it was it was one of the i think it was a super nintendo because it was one of those you couldn't really save or it was a mission to figure out how to save and you know when you're six and you got something complicated you just don't do it so you replay the first you know Two levels over and over and over again. It's it's severely <laughs> frustrating.
1: That's pretty much every game I think uh, of of that generation. Seemed like you always ended up having to do the same stuff over and over. Maybe that's one of the reasons why I just I was never really a big fan of, of most of the, like the, the role playing games or anything when coming up. You know, it's just like I always had to redo stuff I'd already done. You know. Oh well, this was so.
0: a two D left to right. All the way back to left, <laughs> yeah. back to right. A back. panning screen. Yeah, it was a panning screen game. Exactly, it was old Mario style. You just went in one direction. Yeah, exactly. Know, north, south, east, and west. It was left and right, and that was it. Up and down.
1: <laughs> yeah. Got <laughs> the. Um, so that's gonna be like the the first topic, uh, and then there's kind of a, a branch topic, and you know, we're just gonna. I, I kind of like the episode that we did with the, you know following all our rabbit holes before. Where we just kind of went wherever it led us, and uh, one of the things that we also mentioned in, in pre pre show prep was the uh, hypothesis or theory that uh, Aladdin was actually done as a uh, future movie, and uh, it was actually after some type of cataclysmic post apocalyptic type future setting. Yeah, I and, think it was uh, there's, like a there's, there's a few war. things we went through. And maybe we'll, uh, find that article again and, uh, touch on some of those points, but a few things throughout the, the movie, of course, the original movie, uh, that, uh, kind of led you to believe that, uh, you know, time, massive amount of time had elapsed. So, uh, that is all going to be wrapped around, uh, our beer of the, the night, which actually Will and I are doing something different. We're kind of, uh, winging it as it were, uh. Uh, Will's got one beer and I've got another beer. The only thing is they both have a coffee as the common denominator. Well, I guess that the alcohol and the, uh, fact they're both beers would be other common denominators, but, uh, we're kind of, kind of be doing two different beers and, uh, two different reviews of those beers.
0: Yeah. Um, I happened to just pick something up in the grocery store that was like, Oh, interesting. It was on sale. So I decided to go for it and give it a shot myself. Uh, Which is what I have is the Three Daughters Brewery um, Coffee Blonde Ale. Uh, Yellow can, got a picture of a blue boat on it wearing a pair of sunglasses. Uh, No wake sign. Uh, The description on the back of the can is the rebellious blonde. Don't let the rich coffee flavor fool. Uh, This is one bright, sweet, slightly sweet golden blonde ale. Let her surprising twist take your taste buds for a ride. Um, while well, I get that out of my way, my there you go. Let first, me just find or, or yeah, well, let, let me. Um, my first uh initial um thought of it was it was um a lot more coffee than I really expected, and it was not in a bad way, it kind of paired real nice. Um, one I think Steve would like a lot, um, actually, uh, just being being it's a beer, but it's not like. You feels like a beer, tastes like uh, mocha almost, really. It's almost got some chocolate to it, too, um, which is, I think, where that sweetness comes from. Uh, what do you got over there?
1: Um, I actually I looked for the Three Daughters um, Coffee Pale Ale and uh, did some research. Some sites were saying that they, they brewed it and it wasn't being made anymore. I don't know if it's like a seasonal thing for them. Um, I know they're out of St. Pete, but I don't know much about like how they do it. If they have certain ones they make all year long, or uh, you know what the what their their schedule is, you know how they produce stuff. Um, I looked locally at uh, four different places to see if any of them carried it. I found a couple of the other uh, Three Daughters Brewery uh, beers, but I didn't see the the Coffee Pale Ale. Um, it's definitely something I, I want to try just from the description. Um, I actually ended up finding one that is uh, made by Founders Brewing. Uh, a brew, yeah, Brewing, sorry. Um, it's a breakfast stout, double chocolate coffee oatmeal stout. See, that doesn't
0: sound it, like It's like anything mouthful. you
1: would like. It, it doesn't. And I actually, I, I took a picture of it and I walked away and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go look at it a little bit, a little bit more. Um, it doesn't. Yeah, I saw it, and I'm like, that sounds utterly disgusting. Um, it's a very, very dark. Actually, I haven't poured it out. Maybe I'll go, I'll go get a uh, a mug and pour it out. It is very dark. Um, 8.3% by volume. Oh, that but means, uh, this is this is the description. Go ahead. I so said that means you're only having one. No, actually, I, I bought the four pack, and uh, it was not on sale. I promise you that. Um, The description was coffee lovers, uh, consummate beer, brewed with an abundance of flaked oats, bitter and imported chocolates, and two types of coffee. This stout has an intense, fresh-roasted java nose topped with a uh, frothy cinnamon-colored head that goes forever. Um, Like I said, it's really thick and super dark. I mean, it's like... It's a dark glass bottle that it's in, and uh, just looking into it, it looks like a uh, tar pit for <laughs> for a little bit of a Latin reference there. Um, I just opened one. It's got a – I mean, it's a stout. It's got a nice, strong aroma, um, deep chocolate and coffee, and it actually is really, really coffee-flavored. Had um, More than, than I was expecting. Uh, from the description, I was expecting more chocolate and uh, oatmeal even. The uh, – the label's got, like, a little kid with a bowl and a spoon up to his mouth, and the bowl has the uh, the founder's uh, labeling or, you know, logo on the bowl. So uh, kind of like an old-timey photo and a, an old-timey photograph on it. So um, those are the two beers. Yeah. Go ahead. How thick is it? Like, how thick in your mouth feel? Uh, pretty thick. Pretty uh, it's, thick. I mean, it's, it's... – Yeah, that's,
0: that's the problem with stouts, I, I think, is um... – i like the taste of a stout but i can only have like one maybe two on an empty stomach i always have bad stomach problems when i try to eat with one or um drink one after i've eaten or maybe that's because i'm eating too much but it's really heavy sitting beer um uh, that's why and i said
1: since you mentioned that since you mentioned that um i know you just came from dinner um i actually have uh not done much in in the way again with our schedules uh, just not lining up it's a little bit of a different ball game for both of us um this is definitely darker and more stout than what i would probably drink on a regular basis um like so the flavor is pretty good though it's, it's a lot of coffee with with chocolate finishes and then you know the the oat actually isn't as overwhelming as, as i thought it might be so Um, that's where we're starting. And like I said, we're gonna see where tonight leads us. It's, uh, gonna be a a new rodeo as it were, but uh, hopefully something becomes kind of, uh, you know, when we can't get together, we'll see how this format works out for us.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's going out with any glitches or errors, you know, right off the bat, I'm just gonna tell you, I could hear some like, uh, you know, what's audio version of pixelating? Where kind of does that weird robotic? Uh, oh
1: yeah, I've I, I've been having that actually with with my phone service up here. I don't know if it's a uh, tower or something that might be uh, having a glitch. I yeah, guess audio I mean, glitch would be the best you're, thing. Yeah,
0: you getting you have some audio glitching,
1: but I think you know people can just listen through it and. Um, okay, um, I could always try to turn down. I've got the fan on as well, so I, I could turn that down. That might be uh kind of puffing into the microphone as well some. Um, eh. Uh, just uh, let me know if it, if it gets annoying or bothersome.
0: Uh, I think it's gonna be what it's gonna be without having you know a sound dampening studio with thirty thousand dollars worth of equipment. You know, so it's come just on. I things. mean, I, I could put blankets on my wall. Uh, your wall is the least of the worries. My my room here is
1: pretty pretty uh, <laughs> echoey, but uh um, ah, don't worry about it. How many how many shows have we recorded in the uh, the blue room as as was termed? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna return turn it into the uh, studio, you know, st- you know, studio nineteen or whatever. I thought it was studio fifty four. Yeah, I'm seeing you on the screen, and uh, your beer is definitely. Uh,
0: oh, it's it's about a nice eight it's, to ten it's,
1: times lighter than, than the one I've got. Yeah, so, I mean,
0: uh, I really didn't get a good review in on
1: mine. Um, as far as the color, I mean, well, we, and the we have time for that if, if uh, you want to do that, yeah, yeah, go let's, let's the, do that, uh,
0: and then we'll go into to our topic, but. Um, yeah, it's almost like cream soda flavor if or not flavor uh, coloring if
1: you if you will um, well that's good to know because that's that's about what it looks like uh, through the the interface where you yeah, it know kind of looks, looks like cream soda. Getting...
0: and uh, like I said it's got a nice coffee hit um, if anyone out there has ever had a blonde like a Guinness blonde um, it kind of has that beer taste to it but it has a slight chocolatey uh Maybe it's just me picking up the chocolate because it doesn't say anything about it. Maybe coffee and chocolate go so well <laughs> together that that's just what it is. Uh, you know, like what, the taste similar. Because I think they taste similar to each other um, in general. And
1: Yeah, and most of the beers that I've seen that have coffee, it's almost all of them that I, I could think of seem like they have chocolate too. Maybe because I do try more of the darker beers. um. The I've had a few espressos like Midnight Espresso from uh, Motorworks. I think they're out in Tampa as well. Um, that one's one of my favorites. I believe that one has chocolate in it too. It's uh, it's got good kind of mocha chocolate uh, mocha coffee pairing. It seems like I guess it's in the same palette, so I, I guess a lot of brewers uh, throw them together. So. Yeah, I
0: think it goes well together, and I think it's a good way to incorporate coffee into a beer. Uh, it's a good way to incorporate chocolate into a beer for sure, mixing the two up. Um, like I said, the after, you get the in mine you get the the coffee strong taste up in the front, and then your aftertaste, your back notes will be that blonde ale kind of kind of taste that you would get. The biggest problem I've had with this one is all the ones I've opened out of the can because mine came in a can is um, okay. They get real fizzy and start flowing out the top. That's why I brought a glass and I actually. When I poured it, I had to pour it Pre-poured. like, you know, pour stop, pour stop, pour till the foam, you know, would would settle. Uh, so it's to got part of it of a head on it then. Oh, it, the whole glass pretty much was head at one point. It's wow. just yeah, it frosts real hard. And I don't know if that's because I like to keep my fridges super cold, or if it's because um, that's just the way the beer is. It doesn't have any nitro cap in it. Normally, in a beer that comes in a can and it said you know has a nitro ball. Uh, you get that because right. it's a beer made to be poured, so you crack it and pour it real quick. Um, which we'll do it. We'll do one of those because I have one in my my fridge that I need to drink and would like to do. Is my that shot. a Sam
1: Adams by chance? I know no. they have a couple of the uh, the Sam Adams Nitro. They have a chocolate one that's pretty, or I'm sorry, a coffee one that's pretty good. And then they have a white ale. I think I'm trying to think of what the third one is.
0: No, but, it's uh, a the Sam Adams
1: Nitro is pretty good.
0: It's a Scottish beer, so. Um, they just—I I can't find them in a can anymore. And my fear is they don't stop making them in cans and only in bottles, and don't have that nitro, which it still tastes good. I'll still buy it, but it just misses the feel of having a draft beer because that's what the nitro ball's supposed to do—is you're supposed right. to pour it out and it's supposed to feel like a draft beer.
1: I gotcha. Oh, speaking of beers in cans, um, I saw the Sam Adams Seventy Six in cans. And I almost actually picked it up, but it was like twenty bucks for like a twelve pack or something, which I don't know what it normally is, but uh, thought that was kind of high.
0: Yeah, um, that's that's high for a twelve pack. I mean, uh, you can get it in the bottles; it's about twenty bucks. It's like eighteen or so. Um,
1: yeah, I was say it, it was more expensive for the the cans than it was the. The bottles and then all, all the, the the bottle packs, like the sampler packs, uh, actually the same ones you've been looking at or the same ones we've been when reviewing, um, they were all cheaper than the cans for some reason. It just didn't make sense to me.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. When I go, when I buy beer in cans mostly, if I can help to buy it in bottles, I will. I buy them in cans if I'm going like camping or on the boat. It just fits better right. in a cooler. It's easier to toss into the the garbage can in the boat um, than the glasses. Plus, you don't want broken glass all over your boat. So, Absolutely, yeah. And, and I'm not gonna pay twenty dollars for a twelve pack, especially if I'm going out to the woods for three days and I gotta have you know two cases of beer just in case. Um, that'll get you know that's eighty dollars. It's almost a hundred dollars in beer. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'll, I'll switch to Bud Light for the weekend because. You know, it's cheaper. But, um, yeah, if I'm buying a a beer that I'm just going to drink and sip on at the house, um, I typically go 90% glass bottle. uh, Unless, you know, like some local breweries don't put them in glass bottles. Some do them in the cans, which is like how this one came. So that's why I bought it. I said it was on sale. I was like, huh. I was looking for a beer, but not looking to get a lot of beer. And it was... I something new, so I was like, oh, let me grab it. Uh, surprisingly good. Wait,
1: is this a first ever Will shopping for taste and flavor rather than just to get uh, drunk?
0: No, not a first ever. I shop
1: for taste and flavor all the time. Okay. Does uh, the girlfriend know about this? Yes. Yes, she does. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Listen, uh, the uh, the Aladdin movie, the, the new live action, um, and I, I, I was looking at it thinking, you know, When Disney did the first one, they had, like, massive celebrities on it. I mean, it was Robin Williams, who, I mean, like I think I said before, is a legend. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried for the parrot. And uh, it was just, I mean, they brought some heavy hitters in. This new one, as far as the casting, doesn't seem like there are very many big names, except the one that you and I are kind of like, eh, about... Um, uh, tell us what I mean. I know you you're telling uh, telling me some of it earlier, but uh, what is your what's your opinion? I mean, I know you're going through the the actual cast listing a little bit more than I was. So, uh, what's your take on that?
0: Um, let me preface this by saying that I am not going to say a huge Will Smith fan. Oh, okay, I'm a huge Will Smith fan. I'll pretty much watch anything he's in. I watched Fresh Prince growing up. I watch. absolutely Independence Day. I think I still watch yep. it every 4th of July or at least close to it. Um, Wild Wild Bad West. Boys. Loved it. Um, Bad Boys 1 and 2 and 3 is coming soon. Uh, we should do a but movie we can't review tell on if this. It's,
1: uh, but that would be fun. We can't tell if it's another Miami-based or if they change cities on us. I don't know if they're going to change cities. I think it's going to stay Miami-based. That was kind
0: of half the charm of, of the movie was... Was it was you know Miami and you know girls in bikinis plus he does a song about Miami I think he truly loves Miami I th- I I, I want to say he has a house here I could be wrong though because I know the critics are going to come after me if I state that and it's false um, or he <laughs> well, had I at mean, one there's, point. there's I a believe. lot of
1: celebrities that are always in and out of here anyhow. So
0: right, um, but I just don't. I watched the trailer, the first trailer, and you see the main actor. The main actor is of a Middle Eastern descent from what I can see and I kind of did some look up on him. I think he's he's from Egypt. So yeah, I don't know if you would consider that Middle Eastern or North Africa. Or I, I would.
1: I, I I think it's I mean, but it's I mean, right there on the edge. So I don't see what, how I mean that that's not I don't want to say it's offensive, you know, I mean
0: no, I think well, that's that is hist- what it is. Well,
1: okay, if you take the concept of Aladdin was really based in the past
0: throughout history um You know, the Middle East has been renamed and divided between peoples for thousands and thousands of years. So, it's definitely... He's definitely from a Muslim-based area of the world. Um, Right. The actress that plays Jasmine, I think she was born in London, which has a high Muslim population. I just didn't delve too deep into her where I uh, could see if she was really muslim or not but she at least looked the part um the guy who yeah, plays Jafar, and i'm
1: looking up on imdb and, and it looks like she's i mean she looks i think she's gonna be a good jasmine
0: oh yeah no she looks stunning uh, absolutely beautiful she's yeah. in a she's in another movie and i just saw it what go through her imdb uh i, I just
1: it? pulled it up give me a second but
0: yeah i mean my point was and i think we talked about crazy rich agents in one of our other uh Episodes, and I was kind of applauding the fact that they took um, a bunch as an all Asian cast for the most part. Maybe except for some, you know, background actors here and there because it was based in cities. You know, New York was the first city, so you can't have all Asians in New York. But the main character, the main bubble of characters that you see, um, were Asian. Yeah. So I was like, okay, they're gonna do a live action Aladdin. They have Jafar. He's obviously of the. Muslim, Middle Eastern descent, Aladdin, um, you didn't really, you do not even really seen Jasmine yet, uh, so I was all, all stoked, and I already knew Will Smith was going to be the genie, but when the tr- second trailer came out, and you just heard the Fresh Prince going, hey, I'm the genie, I was like, oh, that's, that, that to me took that movie from a possible 10 to a minimum of 8, or, you know, a maximum of 8.
1: And it's only gonna go down from there. I don't even know if I would give it an eight at that point. Um, I just and uh, I'm in the same boat. I, I like Will Smith. I like Iron Legend. Um, you know, uh, Independence Day. All the different like films I, I've seen most of them. I I, I think I even saw the uh, what's the one where he's like selling typewriters or whatever. It's like a kind of sad story. Oh, The was, Pursuit of Happiness. That one, yes. Um, I saw that one. I wasn't a big fan because it just wasn't like him. You yeah, know? I, I um, never, I didn't it, see it. It, it was wasn't mostly for that, but yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't see it in theater or anything. But uh, you, know, I've just, you know, i just, you know, I check out a lot of his projects. You know, um, I, I like him as a comedic actor. I think that's just kind of his niche, and. Like you said on, on the one trailer, and I mean, obviously, I will be seeing the live action version. On the one trailer I saw, he's like, you know, genie, you read the lamp. Here I am, and I'm like, yeah, it's it's fresh prince of Middle East. Yeah, you know, like it's much. fresh and prince of Egypt.
0: It's to the extent where they already have memes. Uh, I think one of them was like, uh, in you know, in the Middle East, locked in a cave. Uh, living in my land <laughs> uh, for most of my days or some, some stupid shit like that. You know, they took the right. uh, West Philadelphia line from from the exactly. Fresh Prince song and, and made memes of it. Um, and I was kind of going through through a list in my head when I saw that. When I, I was like, okay, I get you want Genie to have a comedic feel, because that's what Robin Williams did. Um, yeah, so he, had that, he had that comedic feel. But you know, Hollywood and there's a plethora of middle eastern descent actors that could play that role and give you the comedy and give and still have the uh, uh authenticity is probably the wrong word but
1: uh authenticity e- for e- lack of a better ethnicity? word i guess is is that a word what was that ethnicity like, yeah, i, don't know I mean that's word. the ethnic
0: just, you did so well at casting everyone else that was gonna have an on-roll screen you know they, I did see some people that weren't of the the Middle Eastern descent um, that were doing like voiceovers. Like, I'm not sure who Iago is played by, which
1: is the parrot. Um, it's not right. Gilbert Goffrey um, this time. Um, which I mean, yeah, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of wondering if, if that was like a ever a, an option, you know? Uh, um, they may have asked. I mean, maybe have already did that shit and not wanted to do it. Yeah, but I mean, come on, that would have been like why Why would you... If it was an option, why would you not? Actually, you know, I, I just realized the uh, live action is going to be directed by Guy Ritchie, and he's also part of the screenplay writers. Um, I did not know that, which, uh, if anybody's not familiar, Guy Ritchie's a... was a British director, I think. Um, he, he was in quite a bit of, like, action film type uh, niche, if you will. The... Uh, I want to say some of the – oh, man, I just went blank on his name. Who's the guy in The Mechanic? Uh,
0: Jason Statham.
1: Yes, I think him and Jason Statham have done some work together. Um, so that's kind of like what what he's known for. Um, he even did a while back, he did a, uh, a series of BMW commercials. He actually directed them, set them up, and the whole deal um, – Really, really interesting commercials because it was more like an action film rather than, hey, they're trying to sell me a car and look, there's a uh, you know well-to-do woman driving a car through traffic with her kids in the back type deal, you know. Um, I'm looking at the the casting and I don't see the list for uh, I see Jafar but I don't see the list for Yago.
0: I um, so they may. I don't know you know if IMDb is fully updated yet. Uh, I think that's I mean, like it's a got, Wikipedia. It's,
1: it's probably got 40, 40 people credited already, so.
0: Yeah, but I think it's like Wikipedia where they can go in there and just add themselves to the IMDb.
1: Oh, I gotcha. Okay. Uh,
0: again, not 100% sure on that, but but you know, back to back to my genie thing. Um, the one actor I would have picked mostly because it's about the only one that I really know of. And he's not an actor, he's actually a comedian, but I listened to him do an interview on I wanna say it was uh the Burt cast. Okay. Uh which um I will go we'll go into that because I just actually saw Burt Kreischer last weekend perform live and Oh yeah, we're gonna talk about that for so, sure. So, no, we're definitely gonna talk about that. Um but I liked what he said. Like and he wasn't just being funny, he had you know, he talked about his religion, he talked about why he's Muslim and why he believes in the Prophet Muhammad and this and that, and he makes a lot of sense if you just listen to it with an open mind. Um, I get how people can believe that. I'm not one of these people that believes all Muslims are bad. Um, I, I, I am one that thinks you know, Muslim is just a, a a religion, and it's a peaceful one for the most part. And then you have the extremists, like you have the extremists in pretty much every, especially every well known religion of you know. In the world that just take it out of extent so i want to get that out there um so i said i was listening to him with uh, you know open open ears and going okay you know that's it's it's a good story it, it, it's not you know i'm a christian so i have mine and but i don't knock the guy for having his and they overlap they do have an overlap to him because um, it's you know it's it's one of the three religions that come off of each other but i'm going way too out of depth um
1: but he's actually—he's actually, yeah, he's actually I born it was a family and, show. I thought we were not doing religion and politics.
0: No, I mean it's not. It's just a <laughs> you know a conversation. But it's—he's you know, a comedian. He's actually from the area where Aladdin would be set. I think he's from Kuwait. Again, I could be wrong. Um, I just don't feel like pulling out my phone in the middle of my talking and, and looking it up. So if you want to look it up, it's M O space A M E R. While I'm talking about it. But he's from the Middle East originally, and he was telling his life story about how he got to the U.S. He came to the U.S. I think he came in through Florida and then went to, um, again, I'm probably botching that up. But I know he ended up in Texas because he talked about being mistaken for Mexican all the time because he was in Texas and, and tan.
1: He actually does look more Mexican than he does, like, uh, yeah, I'm trying Middle to think Eastern. of what the word is. Yeah, he looks more Mexican, you're right.
0: Um, but... But, again, he's a comedian. I don't know how much experience he has in acting. I didn't look into his IMDb before the show. It was just one of those. I I heard him talking. I'm like, you know, if they were going to put someone in a comedic role, make it a comedian, an actual comedian. And I know Will Smith's a comedy actor. um, But at least I would have given a handful of other people a shot if they would have tried to stay true to, you know, the background, the peoples of the area where Aladdin is supposed to be set.
1: Mm-hmm. Now,
0: you know, we say it's supposed to be because we see, you know, the towers and the, and the lights and all that, and it's going, you know, we're going, it's the Middle East. Um, however, as we kind of discussed in the earlier show, there are some theories out there that suggest at least the original Aladdin, the Disney cartoon version, was not set in the Middle East at all, that or at least not in the, not in the far past Middle East, but in the very distant future. Um, some some fan theories claim to be about eleven, the year eleven thousand and seven hundred, and you know we're in the year two thousand nineteen. So eight thousand
1: years from now, nine thousand years from now, no, ten thousand years from now.
0: Well, I guess eight thousand years from now, yeah, With, well, or two thousand, oh, well, well, right? Yeah. So, and and a lot of the theories, you know, suggests because of the what Robin Williams did when he improv certain scenes, plus some other stuff um, around, you know, that could be dis- discovered as future technology to an archaic people. Because if something like a nuclear holocaust ever did hit the earth. That's what right. it would be like. These, You would have pri- primitive, primeval people discovering pretty much essentially alien technology, which we can go down a whole rabbit hole on, has this happened before? Are we gotcha. primitive people that have discovered alien technologies and have alien Are we going to do a UFO episode tonight? Is we that might, what it is? Is could, that what you,
1: where you're going?
0: Yeah, kind of yeah I, <laughs> okay I, I do like then. to dive
1: down the ancient aliens rabbit hole when it's on so there you go that's always a fun rabbit hole to go down um i'm actually looking for the uh the listing um uh i know there's a link that kind of outlined the, the one that popped in my head when when you said you know it's his base in the future you had a uh what was it i think it was when he first came out uh going back to the original the, the first aladdin uh, when Cheney came out, he, he kind of did like a Johnny Carson walking around with a mic that had the cord all the way down and stuff like that, and kind of paid homage to, to him in that aspect. And, uh, you know, improv that. I, I imagine it's improv. I mean, yeah, right. I think it was you know, well he, stated that Robin Williams
0: improved a lot of his lines and they kept them because, you know, you can't I, mess with perfection.
1: I, I would say he. That was probably his M.O. and about everything he ever did. I mean, I, I would love to see if anybody has outtakes of Robin Williams just going going off. Uh, one In my my pre-show research, one of the things I, I saw said that Disney couldn't use a lot of the improv stuff he did because they were trying to uh, keep it for the children, as it were. And uh, I, was just, I just started laughing because I'm thinking, yeah, Robin Williams probably could have taken that anywhere he wanted, you know, uh, you know, talk about rabbit holes i I think that's kind of the uh the um uh, the dimension he probably lived in was was just going down rabbit holes and and seeing what he could bring out um so yeah that that's one of the ones that uh that i i think is is probably very possible that you know he improved everything um the uh what do you call it the um what was that show I totally went blank. The, sh- done the done. last show he was on was do like Michelle that show. Geller, I, I, I don't,
0: yeah, I don't know what the name of it was. Um, I can't remember, but I was like, well, vested in it, and then they canceled it. Did they cancel it, or did, did he die at that point? I think they canceled it first.
1: No, they canceled it, and he died shortly after. Yeah, um, but I liked that show. Ones, he, I was, think? he was real goofy. He was real Robin. The, uh, and that's the thing is like, he went back to like, he had that energy in that show and, um, that he had in the Mork and Mindy, which put him on the map, the crazy ones. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. The crazy ones. It's on Netflix. I want to say it's maybe a 20 episodes, maybe a couple more. That show is basically everybody in a room with Robin Williams and they say action and it's just like, he's gone. And everybody else is just reacting and trying to catch up to him. And I don't know if, I mean, I know he, he had a history with drugs. I don't know if that was maybe, you know, him relapsing at any point. Or, you know, I, I'm not here to speculate about that. Like I said, I, I think he was just uh, absolutely hysterical in that show. At the end of those shows, they had, like, outtakes. And it's basically everybody laughing to the point of tears of him, you know, flubbing a line or just improvising because he can't remember what the line's supposed to be, and they just everybody's losing their mind because it's just so crazy. Um, the uh, like I said, that show was it was excellent. I, I remember watching that when it, when it was all you know original airing dates, and then um, you know, and of course, the unfortunately he died, and uh, it was just like man, like it's over. You know, it was just yeah I think it was such a funny show I mean and listen i I watched that show just to laugh because there's every episode makes me laugh yeah I'm an office fan I think I probably mentioned that on on, on one of the previous podcasts as well um uh-huh. the office most of the shows were funny but they didn't all make me laugh uh you know audibly you know uh but it, this show the crazy ones every episode you're laughing out loud like i mean it's just it's at that level that you know, and like I said, the energy there um I got uh I think I got it for it like a family gift um the Morgan Mindy on on d v d for for my family, and uh those episodes those shows he's just like again, everybody's trying to play catch up with him, and I just thought it was it was great, like the energy and everything is just incredible,
0: yeah, he was one celebrity death that i was I was pretty sad about, and I don't get too sad over celebrity deaths. Um, mostly because I don't have a personal connection with them, but Robin Williams was always th- in my life as a child. So you kind of have that yeah. fictitious personal connection that you make because he was always on the screen through, through your life, whether it was, you know, I think probably my first taste of Robin Williams, um, and I'm not saying this cause it's a show topic, but I'm saying it cause it was probably true would be Aladdin. Um, I don't, Oh, absolutely. I, I didn't watch Mork and Mindy. I probably, i would probably seen clips and snippets here and there as an older, as an adult. No, Mork
1: and Mindy. So yeah, Mork and Mindy was definitely a show before both of our times. Um, you know, I, I, only knew of it because my parents had mentioned it. And like I said, when I saw it on DVD, I said, you know, I think it's a good kind of family gift that we can all enjoy together. Um, I, the, the movie that, that I will, the two movies that come to mind when I, I think Robin Williams, besides Aladdin would have to be um, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, which I think was just—I mean, I, I, it's not a movie that I could—I could identify or relate with, but it's just a movie that's so funny and so quotable. Yeah, it's and even, just funny. For, even for even for—I mean, yeah, it's it's just it's comedy. Even for all of the other stuff going on with you know the movie or whatever, he was just top notch in that, and it just let him explore those characters, you know, in makeup and out of makeup. The other one that always comes top of mind is Hook with uh, Dustin Hoffman, where he played Peter Pan, and that was just—I mean—I love that movie. I, I, that's another one that I've probably seen as many times as I've seen Aladdin. I think my sister and I have probably seen Hook, and I mean I could probably quote most of the movie for it even to this day. Yeah, I'm
0: not a—I'm not a Peter Pan fan, so I've never seen Hook. See,
1: I am. for but I am, but because of that movie, not because of the animated one. I, I mean, Peter or Hook was my Peter Pan movie. You know, it's just like, I mean, I'm sure I've seen the animated one a couple times, but the Hook was just where it was at. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, again, I think it's Robin Williams just exploring, exploring his characters, you know?
0: Yeah, I'm not going to say that I am... Uh... I watched everything he did and liked everything he did because I definitely no. um, did not enjoy Popeye. Um, oh, that was horrible. Yeah, I, I would say, even though he nailed the character, it's just the movie wasn't for me. Um, I would say right, awesome. if, if you took Aladdin out of the picture and I did my my Robin Williams movies, uh, Goodwill Hunting and Jumanji.
1: Okay. See, I don't know if I've ever watched... Either of those all the way through. What is Um,
0: wrong with you? You've never watched Jumanji all the way through? I've probably seen Jumanji as many times as I've seen Aladdin. Really? Oh, dude, it's great. Can you imagine? He's a crazy person as it is, and he's playing a guy who's been locked in a video, not a video, it's a board game, Jungle Alternate Universe, and pops back 30 years later into his real life, into... The world and tries to tackle problems like shaving, or and then no. he brings all and then he brings all these, uh fiction you know all other universe enemies with him that he's got to conquer to save a whole town. I mean, it's a ridiculous movie. It's de- it's definitely a kids
1: movie for sure, but it's a ridiculous movie. No, he also did. I would say he also did the uh, the Teddy Roosevelt in the Night at the Museum, and I think that was pretty. Oh, I forgot about that, too. and I actually love
0: those movies.
1: Oh yeah, and those are. I mean, those are definitely movies. Again, with the family, I've I've seen those. I think they have them all on DVD. Um, but it's just seeing him just making character, and it's like. I don't see anybody else doing that character. Like, who else would have done Teddy Roosevelt? You know, I, I don't. I couldn't even guess or, or supposed to uh, supposed to try try to you know cast that as it were. Arguably, maybe Jim Carrey because he's just as nuts, if not
0: more. I, I could put Jim Carrey a lot more nuts than than Robin Williams.
1: I uh maybe i don't i don't know what jim carrey's outtake on you know on drugs i don't know if he's ever been into anything i think that that's i think robin williams was able to do what he could maybe because of the drugs or maybe that just accentuated what he already had in his head you know
0: yeah no but jim carrey's lost his mind um if you ever get a chance check out real life now. yeah yeah check out uh it andy and me where he made a documentary about playing Andy Kaufman and oh, a documentary about Andy Kaufman. Insane. I was not on that the right type of drugs to watch that movie. Man. What? Say again? I said I was not on the uh the right combination of drugs to watch that movie. It really wasn't. Like no, you, you need to be on some LSD or something to watch that movie.
1: That and uh um even like The Man in the Moon, that was another one where I mean he was already kinda in that character. Obviously it's still Andy Kaufman, but uh that was yeah, that was that was just weird. Like it was it was almost obnoxious, you know.
0: Yeah, like I said, he's he's one that's gonna be uh I, I think he could pull off multiple roles. He has before. Um he hasn't pulled yeah. off
1: serious. I don't think he can do serious like Robin Williams could do serious. No. Um One of the movies which I absolutely hated—it just—it was, it was disturbing for lack of a better word. Uh, He did one, I think it was called "World's Best Father" or "World's Greatest Father," and it was just like it was super dark. And it's one of those like, you know, as when I was working at Blockbuster for like the two or three months that I was there, it was just like, hey, Robin Williams, let's see what he does, and it it just—it was—it was horrible just bad. And it was, it was I maybe because it was dark. Um you know, it's not when I think Robin Williams I I don't want to think of darkness, you know. Yeah, but what about Goodwill Hunting? Goodwill Hunting was a pretty dramatic role. Or uh That was dramatic, but it, it wasn't dark if that makes sense.
0: Right, or a uh, Bicentennial Man that wasn't a comedy either.
1: That wasn't a comedy. Um That was like I, a That was like a I romance. I think I movie. Saw that I wanted it's been a while again. since... I think it
0: was, like, a romance. It's been a while since I've seen it, though.
1: There was another one that was supposed to be weird. It was, like, a photo booth or 24-hour photo or something. I don't think I ever saw that one where he, he started, like, stalking a family because of their photos or something. Interesting. Yeah, like I said, it was another one that he just... It wasn't, like, uh... It wasn't... didn't seem... The premise didn't seem interesting enough to, uh even even to watch you know um like i said as uh I, i'm trying to think of who if i was casting who i would i would have had and the only thing i don't know if this is going to sound bad or anything i'm wondering if uh you know jeff dunham right with the uh the ventriloquists and yeah ahmed ahmed the dead terrorist
0: yeah are we I'm wondering back if to have...
1: aladdin yeah. Oh, yeah. Back to Aladdin. Sorry, it's uh, back to the other rabbit hole we started with. Um, I'm wondering if he couldn't have done like an Ahmed type voice for genie, and then they could have done anybody else physically, as far as because it is kind of a live action CGI crossover type movie. I'm thinking maybe he could have done like a like a genie Ahmed type voice, uh, but that's that's just a voice. It's not a personality thing. Um, again, with the comedic background, I think he probably could have found his niche and maybe even expanded on some of the stuff he's done. Um, I, I'm a fan of his. I haven't really, you know, seen him do anything other than stand up. So I think it would have been fun to see him kind of stretch himself in a different project rather than, you know, setting up a, uh, you know, family reunion tour. Or, you know, whatever. I think that was the last one he did it was the uh, was the family uh, or the family vacation or uh, no, it was a family vacation. It was uh, family relations. Whatever his last album was, it was, it was pretty funny.
0: Um, I, I would have tried to just stay um, down. to Stay, ethnic. yeah, stay with the 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 purity of the movie. If you're gonna cast a movie based in in that in that Obviously. area, especially if you're already using people that and apologize for this statement, are lesser known in the United States. That's a good way of putting it. Because there are several right. actors that are successful, and I think doesn't Disney have... Here, get on Google while I'm talking. Um, see if Disney yeah, has Go a ahead. studio in London. Because I think they do. And I, I think did. Because I think some of the Star Wars was done in London and in the, in, uh, in studios there, like
1: the newer ones, after they bought it from Luke... Uh, Lucas, yeah, Lucas, um, um, ILM Industrial Light and Magic is actually doing all like the uh, computer work and and uh, all of the finishing stuff for this this show, which is, is again it's kind of tied in with the Star Wars thing. Um, yeah, they definitely have. Well, they have a Disney Studios. Yeah, in London, they actually have some some jobs listed. If anybody in London's listening to us, Indeed.co.uk forward slash Disney Studios jobs in London. What do they got Go up? Get maybe, I, maybe I'm gonna
0: apply. What do they got?
1: Uh, hold on, I, I didn't click the link. I will though. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. We have recently beaten Disney to win best content studio in British media. So Disney UK or Disney London? Okay. Um, trying to see. Um.
0: So yeah, that's probably why, like I said, the 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 girl that plays Jasmine, um, is from London. So, right, mm-hmm. that's probably why they picked her. Uh, but yeah, like I said, like there's a lot of UK actors and worldwide, there's a lot of actors that are not known in the United States. And this movie's gonna get a big push in the United States and probably as well as the UK and well. Worldwide at this point, I think this movie's going to get pushed pretty big, because um, Disney's got to take a foothold everywhere. If their China operation isn't up and running yet, which it may be, I don't pay it with close attention, but I know they got a park in Paris already. I heard talks about a park. Oh, in really? China.
1: I thought some of the other, I thought some of the other ones had, uh, had, uh, had kind of. I thought I mean, I thought they did have another one it was Japan or something that exposed like parks. Yeah,
0: I, I'm pretty sure they have one or had at least in Paris. Uh, I thought I had heard something about talks of of China or somewhere in Asia, um, but I didn't. You know, I, I do remember hearing about the London studios, and you know, like I said you could have just picked actors that aren't well known in the states but are still known in their in their countries or their area of where their films come out. Um, You know, me personally, I I do watch a good deal of um, British broadcasting. Uh, Something I kind of fell into. I uh, watched Doctor Who and then, um, you know, like David Tennant, who is still not even well-known here. um, No. But he's well-known to United States fans of Doctor Who. Uh, but right. the big one that's um, well known here is Idris El- Eldra, Elbra, Idris. Okay, I know I'm fucking that name up. Is it Eldra or Elbra. I think it's Eldra. Idris, El- Idris Eldra. Hold on, I'm googling that. Tall oh, black
1: guy, right? Yeah. Um you would know and he was, him mostly he was rumored to be the next James Bond. Yeah, I'm okay with that. No, no, that that would be Listen, I have no problem with that. Um I, I knew nothing about Daniel Craig, and I, I like him as his Bond. So, okay, I, I'm not against Elba. giving anybody a chance.
0: Idris Elba, Elba that's and it. he was he did a show called Luther, which again British based uh, show, um, where he right. was kind of like a uh, rogue, not even rogue, but he was just a roughneck detective that kind of skirted the rules a little bit to get results, like. <laughs> You know, phone book upside you. the head to get a confession type of deal. Um, I gotcha. And now, if you go back and watch the Marvel movies, most mostly connected with Thor, he plays um, Hamdell, the gatekeeper for the Rainbow Bridge.
1: That's oh, him. I did not realize
0: that. Yeah, and he also did that movie with that Matthew McConaughey. That man's bank just because of that. Yeah, and he also did the movie with Matthew McConaughey, uh, Dark Tower, which was a fantastic movie, and he did a great job in that. Which one was Dark Tower? What one was that about him? It's, uh, he's what they call a gunslinger. And he was from an alternate universe. And a kid opened a door from our universe to theirs. And Matthew McConaughey basically played the devil. And was trying to conquer both universes. At, well, he conquered one universe pretty much. Except for little rebellion states. And then, uh, or camps. Not even states, but camps. And then was coming to our universe to conquer that, and the kid jumps into this universe because he's like a gunslinger too. Um, you know, it, it's a good movie. It's hard to dis- to to really describe it, but basically, describe. he saves the world from Devil Matthew McConaughey, which is an interesting character.
1: I think Devil Matthew McConaughey is the voice that uh, Lincoln hired him for, right? I mean, isn't that kind of his like smooth, dark, gruff, husky voice or something?
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and he wears the all-black <laughs> suit really well. And, you know, he, he can be – I mean, he's just evil in the movie. Um, so it was uh, – I got you. That's it. So that, that's what I was getting at with the – that's it. If you wanted to go comedy, my choice would be Mo because I heard the interview with him. I liked what he did. Um, he's got – it. you know, okay. he, he took a picture with uh, Eric Trump on a plane that went viral, and I think that's kind of sprocketed him skyrocketed him. Uh, Oh,
1: when I searched it, I saw the, uh, uh, I saw the, the blurb. I guess that's one of the highest rated whatever, like Twitter post ever or something. Um, but he was, yeah, that was like one of literally one of the first results that came up.
0: And and, and he literally said, you know, I didn't take a picture to, to put it on social media to stir this, you know, um, hatred that social media tends to stir um, especially nowadays but he did it because he was like oh this is cool and you know he was a cool guy and he talked to him the whole flight and you know they took a picture together and so it wasn't like hey let me get a picture snap it was like they were sitting next to each other in first class and they got a he got a picture and he generally just had a conversation with him and wasn't even looking to to snipe anybody and and it just kinda yeah. of took off. But so but
1: listen, I, I've had plenty of I've had plenty of conversations with people that honestly I have nothing in common with, uh, you know, just random whatever it is, whether it's, you know, background or anything else. And I I mean I, I think it's cool that that so well, not just somebody, two people in uh, higher profile spots could just stop and say, Hey listen, you know, we had a decent conversation, you know, between two people, and it wasn't like, uh, oh, I disagree with you, or you're this, or you're that. Um, I don't. I, I get so kind of fed up with it. And pardon me, uh, you know the, uh, you know the politics, for lack of a better word, um, not even to be political, just the the garbage of, oh. I disagree with you, so therefore you're wrong. I think that's total garbage. I mean, like I said, I've, I, I just it is not something that sits well with me. And unfortunately, I see a lot of it. You know, even at my shop, uh, you know, it's, it's. Uh, I do want to say we're divided, but there's there's some very strong beliefs, and there's some people that I just, I'll say hi to them. Like I have no problem with them person personally, but. I know that if they ask certain questions, just to kind of shake your head and walk away because I don't want to be part of the drama, you know. And it's like for for people that, that can get past that, and especially people that are high profile, you know, he's you know, he's not a big name, I guess. He's not really high profile. Um, again, but he's I higher mean, profile than like us, you
0: know. Yeah, and in a circle, and I think he's going to come up in the next few years and be on that stage of everyone's going to know him. Um, I think he's going to have a special um, come out that it's going to get well-received. And then, you know, in the world of comedy, that's how it goes. You know, you hear comedians talk, and, and big-name comedians will praise these comedians that you've never heard of because that's I the world of. they live in. And I've heard it described by several comedians that – being a comic is more than just being a person in the world of com- like. Okay, that's that's a wrong way to say it. Like,
1: doesn't well, on, like doesn't matter what your politics. No,
0: it doesn't matter what your politics are, or what your religion is, or what your view on you know is water good for you is. But comedians just have a sense <laughs> of of tribalism within each other, worldwide accepted because they live in this little world, which seems like a fantastic world to live in quite
1: honestly. And I, I, I I agree with you there. I think, uh, and I mean, I know you and I listen to a lot of the same podcasts. I can't remember if it was, uh, I want to say it was Rogan. It might've been Bert. Uh, but he, uh, they were saying that, that comedians and musicians are two of the very similarly knit pro or, uh, groups where, most musicians want to be comedians, and vice versa. Most comedians want to be musicians, and I think that the example that they they put out was uh, Jimmy Fallon, which um, I think if anybody knows any of the uh, the musical crossover that Jimmy Fallon's been involved in in the many years he's he's had any bit of uh, uh, clout, as it were. Uh, I think that's a uh, I think that's a, it's a good approach. I think it's a, it's a pretty good theory that. You know, they have a very tight-knit community and uh, they can respect and appreciate talent in in each other, you know, even if they're not the same category of comedy or the same category of music.
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, kind of to my point, though, you know, you hear people like Rogan talking to a comedian that me or you've never heard of and saying, dude, I loved your set the other night. It killed. I was dying laughing. And like, okay, you know, this guy is good, whether you've heard his stuff or not you know if the likes of rogan or the likes of bert even though i'm not going to put bert in a pantheon you know top the top layer of the pantheon quite yet but he's definitely on his way there um say that and let's swing it back around to aladdin um so like i said i heard the interview <laughs> okay. with omar and i liked it and i think he should have had a shot like there's others out there i'm sure I know there's others out there and I probably know a few who just didn't realize it but they could have had a shot to make make something that would have been spectacular cuz he I believe would have brought the funny the funny that they were looking for. Now, this goes to my other point and is this movie going to be lighthearted like the original Disney version or is this movie going to be kind of dark? and and you know dr- you know not dramatic but you know just a darker feel you know more serious i guess would be the way to put it instead of a little campy and goofy um,
1: from what i've i've read um it seems like they they are wanting it to be more campy and funny um from the previews and the uh cinematography is that the word I'm yeah. not I'm not into movies really like that I, I don't know if that's the right technical term yeah it is from the the okay uh from the the trailers I think it's coming off more as a darker more serious uh movie and I, I don't know if that's going to translate well I don't know if that's going to keep enough uh enough interest in it. I I don't think this is going to be as big as the animated one, but I'm not a music or I'm not a movie mogul or anything like that. I mean, I think you're going to have a huge amount of people who are my age, maybe, and obviously younger. Like I said, I'm probably on the older side of the spectrum that, that was around for the first one. Um, I was like 10, I think. So, you know, I, I think you're going to have a lot of people my age who have kids who are taking their families to see it and they're introducing them into the world of, of Jasmine and the Tiger. Um, I've been looking since we, we mentioned the Yago character earlier. I don't see that character listed or listed even as a voice or anything else. So here's the, um, the other
0: question. Are they going to have Iago have a voice?
1: Well, they show yeah. Well, they show a bird flying in the first trailer. And by the way, I was floored. Like I was just stunned and super excited. By the way, I think I called my sister in Texas and was like, "Did you just see that?" I, fr- I forget what we're watching, but uh, the uh, the what do you call it? The the trailer was like, "Wow, it's gonna be like they're actually doing it." Oh, it's going to
0: be a... Yeah, it's going to be a spectacular as far as CGI and the effects and um, the Will Smith blue floaty tail thing kind of bothers me a little bit, but I get it. I almost wish they would have just given him legs um,
1: for the live-action version. I think the live-action version, I think that they should have done... I'm not expecting it to be a screen-for-screen shot, even though this says it's a live-action remake. Um... I just found one little thing says, um, when asked about Richie's take on the film, uh, he described it as muscu- very muscular and action-packed. Despite initial reports, the animal, co- animal characters Abu, which is the monkey, Yago, and Raja, the tiger, um, from the original film, will, will be appearing in some capacity. I really don't think that uh, they're going to be as big of a characters as they were in the animated ones. See, that's going to be a mistake. Um. Yeah, because the playoff of, like, Jasmine talking to her tiger and, obviously, Abu, you know, helping him with, uh, was it, stealing the fruit. And I don't know how you can have Jafar without, like, an evil, stupid sidekick, which Yago was, like hysterical in that you know um I, i'd seen another article says uh gilbert Gottfried said in december of last year 2018 that he was not asked to repro- reprise his role as Yago. um again I, I think that if you don't keep the the sidekicks if it were i mean i know they're animals but they were still sidekicks throughout the movie um i think that's going to kind of not help things. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, like I don't think that's gonna. I don't think it's gonna bolster as well.
0: Yeah, and you know that could bring us into to the other point of, you know, going back to the is this a post a post apocalyptic wasteland set movie? Right. Um, I think one of the theories was. Hold on, my my beer's
1: overflowing here. Oh boy, it does look good, by the way. Like I say it's it's oh, dude, uh, all so, foam. Look at it. It's the opposite. Foam. No, I see that. That's that's literally what two fingers of, of beer and the the rest of that pint glass is foam. Yeah, the good thing is that it rises and actually just. But anyway, back to uh, to Aladdin.
0: <laughs> um, rabbit hole R us. Yeah, uh, that should that should have been the name of the
1: podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the we're going ourselves. I just ordered business cards. What are you doing? Uh, oh, did you really? No, actually, I, I was looking at it. I, I told you I was thinking about it. No, I then was And you too. texted me the other day, and I was like, holy cow, we're on the same wavelength. Um,
0: but, yeah. Because uh, we
1: didn't discuss that at all.
0: No, no, I just I happened to see a Vistaprint ad come up on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, okay. Probably because I was talking about getting business cards at work for work, and, you know, the man listened to me through all the microphones and the,
1: you know, the, the NSA agent said keyword Vistaprint. Yeah, that, that's another topic we can go down another day. but um, <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll, I have a couple stories for that one. I promise you that. Oh, dude, I, I, All have, right, so I let's have more look at than the... one.
0: But um, one of the theories was in, uh, the it's the far, far future because um, the animals talked and you could seem to understand them. Or at least Iago talked, because the other animals didn't talk, but they had groans, months, or sounds, and it was almost like having a yeah a
1: boo a boo did the little you know I, mean, I want to say chimp sounds with a little monkey ah 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 thing like when he was excited yeah he or had little, like you know um, yeah and
0: and he had looks and, and it's like it was like hearing one way conversation on a telephone um yeah and uh, you know Iago was the only one that actually had a voice and one of the theories was. Um, there was, the technology was developed to translate animal noises and I guess they had like little implants or earbuds, which, you know, far fetched since you don't see a little cord running down and going into their, their clothes. But, or, or Iago was a product of genetic testing possibly, or a product of just new, you know, radiation on an animal. Cause I think though, the theory pretty much speculates, um, uh, nuclear holocaust, and which is why it looks like the Middle East and it's all deserty and sandy. Um, we kind of had the conversation of Mad Max kind of has that same. It was a nuclear holocaust, and you know they're driving around on the on ocean floors that are dried up. At least in I, I'm playing the game. You know I got it for like five bucks, right. and it was recommended to me. And that's you, you're literally driving around and going through you know tankers that have been there and you're on the bottom of the ocean floor and that's just the new, the new world. And, and so there's some viability. And the biggest one is the references again, going back to Robin Williams genie makes with the Rodney Dangerfield impersonation, the Jack Nicholson impersonations um,
1: trying to sell a toaster. I believe it was. Yeah, exactly. Um, one of the other, um, and I mean, we're, we're kind of working off the same playbook, the same link that uh, that we were discussing before. Um, I guess in the video games, they had uh, they had stop they signs, had st- stop signs. They had nuclear warheads or, or some type of like bombs or something in, in the background. Yeah, something that um, you wouldn't find in third century. Cave of wonders. They had like a Wii looking design shape. Uh, you know gaming system but it's like you know, obviously it's huge it's different proportion yeah but I think um, that was then, for a Wii know,
0: game so that could have just been the developers throwing that in there as a shout subliminal out to a, yeah no just like a shout out to a because I think it was a Wii only game if I remember reading that correctly
1: okay. oh what was it okay but okay. even
0: still but I mean if you just focus on the movie and that's so much the game I mean you want to focus on the original game that came out around the time the movie came out yeah, there were stop signs, there was nuclear warheads that were undetonated um, fragments of bombs laying on the ground Um, things you wouldn't see in 3rd century uh, Middle East where it's supposedly taking place
1: yeah, I think too the the fact uh, and you mentioned the uh, was it, uh, combination coffee maker, toaster, and even makes julienne fries type thing. Mm-hmm. Where uh, it's like, okay, like, uh, when did julienne fries become a thing? <laughs> no, first of yeah, all, exactly. what's a
0: fry? Second of all, what's yeah, exactly.
1: coffee? <laughs> or a
0: coffee maker? I think they would know what coffee might be.
1: Uh, well, coffee's been around for yeah. centuries, so that's not really a stretch. But the fact that uh, Julianne fries. Um, it just kind of seems like, uh, like okay, that's. that's. I'm trying to do a go- Google search now about that. Um, you know, it just seems like it's like that's a stretch. You know, like that. I, maybe it's just because they're random. And we're probably overthinking this. Let me just, oh. just preface this whole episode. Let, let's see. Um, I'll preface the, it this the, way. The term first, say
0: again. said so I'd preface it this way all of what is being speculated probably has everything to do with the improv skills of
1: Robin Williams. Absolutely. I was going to say it was just whatever random spark that, uh, got, got lit in his brain cells that, uh, boom, there's that word. Uh, maybe he fell asleep watching, you know, uh, watching a cooking channel or something. I mean, there, there's food channel or whatever it is, you know, there's, uh, it's probably just whatever he, he... Off the top of his head, you know?
0: So oh, we're yeah. probably
1: looking way too far into this. Oh, for kinda sure. Kind of like that. I look deeper into my eyes. Deeper, deeper, oh, deeper the- type deal. You know?
0: Listen, I'm almost 100% convinced that this fan theory came out when a group of 17-year-old stoners decided to watch Aladdin <laughs> while they were high and just took it way <laughs> too far. But it, we discussed Aladdin and we kind of discussed the post-apocalyptic theory, so we decided we were going to discuss it with you guys and make for an
1: interesting, so far, hour and ten minutes. I think it's funny, too, that uh, we actually... And I I didn't think of this when we were talking about show topics, but you kind of randomly said, Hey, listen, I have this coffee beer. That's what we're going to do for the the drink. And at the same time, coffee is very... Uh, I mean, we just mentioned the reference, the, uh, the coffee maker, it's kind of prevalent and applicable to the movie as well. I think that's, that's a pretty interesting, uh, coincidence or whatever. I, I, I mean, very random because we kind of pick our drink and then pick the shows. At least I, when I have that conversation with you at the beginning of the week or tomorrow, whenever we kind of start the next show prep, I think you and I kind of, at least I think of it. Okay. X is the drink and that's, topic one and then the the topics we discuss are totally different i don't ever try to interlace like intertwine anything like that Um, and i think it's pretty funny that it kind of works this way i kind of in in my mind
0: i kind of try to pick a subject that could go well with that drink
1: like if uh, with with the old-fashioned i and like i said uh, with the old-fashioned i can see that because we were doing the old-time generally topics. And if you haven't, was that episode three, I think it was? Yeah. Um, I think that, yeah, that one was kind of a topic-based drinking show.
0: Yeah, that one was. But, like, even when I'm thinking of, you know, I'll think of a drink, and then we'll go through the list of topics, and in my mind I'm going, okay, what goes well. Like, if we were going to talk about surfing or not even surfing, if we were going to talk about the keys, let's say, um, I definitely would have a rum drink on deck for that. Um, and i
1: would, i mean i i told you and i know this wasn't on on the previous podcast but uh uh the key billy ale that uh, i found which is actually like i said it's one of those drinks I, i'll drink just drink casually um you know it, definitely there's, there's definitely uh i mean kind of a drink for each setting so that does make some sense when i do it i don't really like i said i don't try to put the two together uh maybe that's a fault of mine but uh it's definitely something I think uh, it's interesting. Like That just sparked in my head. I'm like, it's kind of funny. They talk about coffee, and we're doing coffee beer. So uh,
0: No, it's like, uh, well, you go back to what I think. You know, If we were going to do another cigar episode, I'm going to try to find a type of bourbon or whiskey to do it with because I think that's just about the only thing that pairs with it, right?
1: Yeah. Hey, uh, mentioning that, and again, we'll jump down another rabbit hole. Uh, what is the, uh, have you had many of the, like, uh, Bourbon age, or uh, was it bourbon age, or whiskey age, whiskey barrel uh, beers. Have you really tried much of that, or no? The one experience I've had with it um,
0: was, uh, I was, I was was on a super full stomach. It's like 14%, and it's heavy. It's real thick. Is so it heavy? So okay. It, the, t- the taste was good, but I just couldn't get through the whole beers. I'd just eaten and decided I was going to try it, which was a mistake um gotcha but you know we can do one on the
1: show for sure well i i saw i'd be lying if it wasn't four or five of them i mean i saw a few of them when i I was out looking um you know i it was something i was like huh i wonder it's like again you and i are just kind of rabbit holing right now the uh the we're show prepping everybody. the idea of what (laughs) <laughs> We're sure probably. This is the behind the scenes. That'll be a good name for the episode. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think that's a, uh, a topic. We might just have a whole episode just of that type of uh, you know drink ideas. So um, let me kind of I don't want to say put us back on track, but kind of refocus us a bit. The post apocalyptic. If if in case that is how it was. Um, if there was a zombie apocalypse holocaust, oh, that,
0: see, see, their holocaust. see now now we're gonna have to go on several several uh rabbit holes because i think each one of these deserves its own little category and 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 uh, okay how you're gonna terrain that that world in and of itself um but before we get well, into that I no, like let's let me ask you
1: this how, how's that beer sitting with you The beer's heavy, and it's actually got more, like, and and I I finished mine a little bit ago. Um, It's got more of that oatmeal aftertaste, which I was expecting it, uh, um, I was expecting it to be a a little bit more forthcoming, for lack of a better word. I'm trying to think of the, I thought the oatmeal would be more overpowering and more involved in the flavor palette, but that's more of, like, the aftertaste um the chocolate the coffee is there the chocolate is definitely there too um it's i i don't know what the term because it it's labeled as a breakfast ale i don't know where they get that from i don't know if there's any history behind it or if that's just because it had oatmeal and coffee or something like hey it's I a breakfast it because drink because it had oatmeal um, and
0: coffee um yeah, yeah so so you're done with the one you're one and done tonight
1: no, no, I'm done with one. Um, I'm actually, I was getting ready to uh, to open the second one, but I was, was going to kind of do the, the four bu- bullet points for the uh, post-apocalyptic survival. So, um, like, how would you approach it? Like, let's just say, and we're talking fantasy, obviously. Um, if we want to kind of keep it on the movie thing, um uh, I Am Legend is a great movie. I enjoy that one since we okay. already mentioned uh, Will Smith. He was a solo person and he had one base of operations and then he would go out and kind of like daily missions and then get back in before, uh, you know, before dark. Well, um, let's
0: let's preface what, what type of apocalypse are we going to deal with first? So are we going to deal with a nuclear holocaust apocalypse or are we going to deal with the zombie apocalypse?
1: Let's do zombie only because I am Legend was a zombie type setup. Um, of course, there's uh, there there's so many ways you could go with that. Um, let's just say zombie, just to kind of keep in the uh, the wheelhouse, if you will. Is that acceptable? Yeah. Um, okay.
0: So how how do we go about it? You know. Yeah, he was, you know, base-stationed in, in a metropolis, which, by the way, the wrong move in a zombie apocalypse. If you're going to you base-station so? yourself anywhere, it, I would do it in uh, BFE fucking Nebraska <laughs> or something like that, where there's not a... Yeah, I mean, okay, so we're in South Florida. If that shit hit the fan, my ass is going to the, to the
1: Caribbean. First stop. I'm out. Yep. Yep. I'm uh, I'm right there with you. I would agree that uh, the metropolis, whether it's New York or South Florida or any other LA, heavy, dense, dense Houston uh, population, I'm out. Like there's no, I'm not sticking around. Uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna be that that one vehicle that's plowing through people till I don't have anybody else to hit, and I am someplace that is quasi safe.
0: Yeah, I, and you know, being all the way at the the tip of the dick of the United States, as it, as it may be, um, it's gonna be hard to get to a rural uh,
1: area in the states, less be by boat. It's, it's not the tip of the dick. It, it's the uh, was it the foregrip or the uh, the pistol grip attachment of the United States? No, nah, dude, it's the tip of the dick, and the keys is a scum shot. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, it is. Look at a map. but Next episode is the X-rated adventures of the United States of America.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, if I was, you know, basing my operation out of South Florida, I'm not staying in South Florida. I'm getting the fuck out as fast as I can. I don't know if the Caribbean would be a viable long-term strategy, but maybe. I mean, it could be. It all depends. Can you eat seafood all the time and survive right. on coconut water?
1: I mean, I could. But... I could eat seafood all the time. Absolutely. Coconut water, uh, maybe. I like coconut. Uh, I know that sometimes you're not. I don't think you're. You're not a big coconut flavor guy, are you? No,
0: but every now and then I'll go to my cousin's uh, husband's from Jamaica and. They have coconut trees in the backyard, and somewhere over there, every now and then, I'll split open a coconut with them and actually drink the coconut milk straight out the. Oh, it's,
1: it's great. That's that's tasty. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, uh, I mean,
0: if you could live off that, you know, if you can hijack yourself a 36 foot center console with a full tank of gas, and yeah, you'd have to have some type of weapons, um, whether it be machete Absolutely. or a gun or. Um, my personal zombie apocalypse favorite would be a bow and arrow of some sort, or some type of silent okay. projectile that you can recycle because you're gonna have, you know, munitions are gonna be in ration. You know, you can't go to the store and buy it. You gotta find it, make it if you can, if you have that kind of knowledge and skill. Um, so I'm thinking I, bow I, and arrow is a good way to go. You can always recycle. You can recover your your ammo if necessary. You know the be certain situations you can't, but going back to, uh, the Caribbean would be good if you just wanted to cast away yourself, because you can go to a small island that's got a small population, and and help whatever surviving force is there, defeat the zombie force, and you know, pretty much fortify almost like a, you know, a 16th century Caribbean fort
1: you would go take over. Uh, what is it? Uh, uh, was it Fort? What's the one in St. Augustine? St. Augustine. Oh, Saint Augustine. I don't know. oh well. Um, there you
0: go. Yeah, but I mean, you would literally, you know, fortify. You'd have to fortify an island with the peop- the healthy people that are left, to just keep surviving. Now you have the Walking Dead. See, that's out. there. I was going to take
1: a different.
0: Well, you have like I'll the, walking, with the dead walking Dead That's, idea. that's Based in, um, you know, they film in Georgia, but it's this rural, woodsy area where you can go hit towns and get supplies from abandoned stores and what have you, which seems like a better long-term strategy if you're not a person that could survive off the land. So you'd have to really see. I, I
1: was. Go ahead. Sorry, I think we got a little bit lag there. I was kind of thinking that approach uh, myself. I think that the short term would be to escape to an island, the Bahamas, Caribbean, somewhere. But I think long term, I would be a <clears throat> mountaineer, for lack of a better word. I'd be up in the hills somewhere where I can see you and uh, you know, I'll know you're there before you know I'm there type thing. But somewhere where I had access to grain and produce and agriculture so i'm probably going to be carolinas uh kentucky somewhere that has a lot of terrain that you can hide in and kind of doing the whole uh you know i'm gonna sit up and take the high ground and uh approach it that way um i want to be where there's there's substance, and i can kind of go forage for whatever i'm looking for whether it's uh grain or or food uh deer wildlife anything that i might be hunting um you know i i'm i think i'd be a high ground approach you know i'm gonna be nested up somewhere in a little cabin somewhere and again i'll be i'll have uh yeah i was actually watching uh watching an old show maybe we'll we'll touch base on that later but we're uh uh, marine sniper was sitting up in the hills and that was kind of I like that idea, you know It's like I would rather be up in, in the woods and I'll know you're there But you probably won't know I'm there. I think that'd be my my first approach that kind of leads into the second uh, second idea of you know, what what would your uh, your ideal location? Probably be up in up in the, the hills up in the mountains and then that would lead you to you know weapons of choice you mentioned the bow and arrows um, I definitely like that for the, the the silent but deadly aspect at the same time I'm a big fan of, of suppressors and, and cans on, on long rifles I think that would be my approach too if everything's abandoned then uh, I'm going to hit up some of the gun shops and uh, everything I have is going to be loaded and uh, maxed out I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the uh, nice infrared scope I'm going to have some cans on whatever I'm shooting whether it's a uh, you know, a three hundred eight or Lapua or something like that, three thirty eight, something like that, that uh, can reach out and get you quietly, and uh, you know, still still be effective. Uh, the bow and arrow thing, yeah, that would definitely be available. That'd definitely be an option. But uh, I kind of like. I think that the distance and and the accuracy would be because of the high ground. I think that'd be more effective for for my approach for it.
0: Um, yeah, I would probably take off more into the woods and myself, probably northern North Carolina area, cabiny type of deal. Um, definitely right. firearms <laughs> would be a, a pull, but even just as, say, you know, you have yourself a walled off little cabinish area, say an acre or five acres that you've decided to fortify yourself so you can grow your crops and live in peace and then go outside into the woods and hunt. You're, you know, you're, you're talking guns is gonna be a short term strategy because eventually there's gonna be no more ammo.
1: This is true. Um, there's a there's a lot of pressing options, and that's a that's a skill that so, I, mean, I have not delved into.
0: Yeah, and I'm not saying that guns are gonna be useless because in a zombie apocalypse, guns are gonna be very useless when you're spotted. and You say the the Alright, so my approach for if I had to leave here would be right. hit up Walmart first, grab as much as I can, shoot north, yep. hit up Bass Pro. Grab as much as I can out of there. Hit Bass right. the Northern Bass Pro and so on and so forth through the states. But the yeah. closest thing I have is Walmart. You know, or maybe hit up the the, the gun shop that's around the corner. But right. I would hit up a, a, a small little place first, jump in the truck, grab the dog, and haul ass north, and resupply right. as much as I can while things are early. I mean, what stage in the apocalypse are we coming into? Are we coming into first sight, or are we just realizing yeah, you might well shit? Started
1: the first, you might as well start at the beginning and work your way I through. Mean,
0: I mean, if, if that was the case, we kind of had the beginning a couple years ago when the guy was eating the dude's face off on Crandon Bridge. All fucked up on bath salts. I mean,
1: drugs are bad. Okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, all you know, all messed up on bath salts, and that that's kind of that that would have been like a step one. So, or do you you wait before you realize it's not drugs? <laughs> like, there, the, you, there's gonna be more of. I think the realization of zombies ever coming about is gonna be not a first sign thing it's going to be when there's more than you want to be able to handle maybe not an infestation level but more than a few uh, you know a 100 couple hundred in your small in your population of a couple million maybe and that's all depending on if it's trying to get swept under the rug or not and that goes into a whole other thing so think about a you know, a realization, and you're about a thirty percent infection rate in your population. Okay. So you got to fight your way out of it.
1: And um, my thirty-second. Uh, I'm sorry, my thirty uh, percent infection rate. Mm-hmm. Then you have to to approach it as well as okay, if you're trying to populate the the world after we're talking about maintaining the world population or repopulating the world after a massive infection what uh what's your approach like who, who are you grabbing um what is your oh before i even get to that what life skills like what skills do you have now would you survive with i mean i know you, you like to fish um I mean, you mentioned the Caribbean and seafood. I love fish. I love to eat fish. I'm a horrible fisherman. I will be very honest. I like to do it. I have fun doing it, but fishing makes me feel stupider than the fish I'm trying to eat, you know?
0: Um, Let's see. I've had experience in farming. I've grown plants. You know, I have pineapple plants I grow. I've I've farmed. Um. in my adolescence uh, i've i'm a hunter i'm a fisherman so i think i would be pretty well versed as far as you know surviving off the land as long as there's food there to to get you know you might have to go vegan only because it's the only option at some point but you know it's you know populating it would not be a pri- primary goal you know you're not the last two trying to to populate the earth, so that wouldn't be a primary goal as far as like repopulation of the human species. Primary goal would be to survive and and um and so forth so on and so forth with that. Which I said I'm not a great archer, but I do have a bow and arrow and I have, you know, had some practice with it. So I think I said I would snatch up guns, I would get out of South Florida, I would go and then in your off time of in the cabin in the woods or in the mountain, you know you shoot at a tree. You can always recover and practice and practice till you get good. Because let's be honest, there's no right. electricity anymore. Um, there's so you have no internet, you have no TV, you have no podcast, you have nothing. But you know maybe some. Oh, books. Wait a minute.
1: If if I had no podcast, here's here's how I would take this. And I uh, and it's funny because I just flashed into a, like a Twilight Zone episode. Um, there's so many podcasts that have already been recorded and posted. I would probably listen to podcasts like to keep being company. And I'm thinking of uh, iRobot or not iRobot. Um, I am Legend. There's so many. Uh, I think he was listening to different recordings and stuff. I know. Uh, was it uh, was it Marvin Gaye or? or uh, Uh Bob Marley, I think it was Bob Marley. Uh Three Little Birds. He was listening to stuff that was already already in existence. I think I'd listen to a lot of podcasts. Why at the same time? Yeah. But at the same time, if I'm running out of energy out of electricity, um, you know, my, my entertainment, like you said, would be honing my skills. I'd definitely be looking for survivalist books at Libraries and bass pros and any other outdoor shop that'll propagate my future, you know.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, ramsack a, a library. Although I might, I definitely would grab a bunch of books because at that point, that's going to be your entertainment is reading. Once Absolutely. you once you burn through yeah. the supplies of battery, and yeah, you could bring you know an MP3 player that takes battery, but you'd have to get something that takes a battery. And what takes batteries anymore? Everything's plug-in chargeable. You know, you don't have the old-school MP3 players where you can pop a double-A in and and be all good. I mean, I think I might have one still, but it doesn't hold much.
1: Well, I have a a small, and it's not going to last forever, I'm sure. I have a small solar charger, which I think would be a start. No, I didn't even think about that. That's an option
0: okay so, so a solar charging system would be uh would be cool um that's an option
1: Absolutely. and that would definitely be a, a premise or that would be a basis of of operations at some point uh that stuff would be integrated into wherever i was held up if i was building like a a last bastion of refuge for people to come find me um if you think of uh, of I Am Legend, and it's funny because I I haven't watched the movie, but I, I'm starting to remember a lot more of it now. I'm thinking of it, I Am Legend, where he he goes on a drive and he runs into this like random wall in, in the wilderness, and it's you know other people are there, the uh, you know the broadcast and everything. I, I think that at some point you would have to kind of be set up either on your own grid. Or you'd have to be able to sustain the, sustain it, solar power. You know, Um, I've got family who's big into uh, solar panels. They actually have their own uh, kind of system set up where most of the time they don't use any electricity at all. And they have everything. I mean, they have heated pool, they have internet, they have TVs, they have lights everywhere. I mean, they're all self-sufficient because they do run and depend that much on solar energy.
0: Yeah, but that would you requ- that would be you required to build the paneling or get the paneling. You, you I know at least me, I don't have the skill set to build a solar panel. I would have to go scavenge solar panels and place them in a field. Oh, I'm Which totally about the scavenge life. Yeah, and I'm not saying it's impossible to scavenge, but it's going to be a lot more difficult than you think cuz there's not a, a super mass ton of solar paneling out there. Plus you have to transport it. And once one of those things gets cracked, it's useless. So you can't really transport it over long distances in the back of a truck. You'd have to get a, maybe a covered box truck or a Tahoe of some sort type of SUV. And I mean, you know, the, the power company has, you know, a huge solar panel field now down here where they're actually producing energy via solar paneling. Um, but, yeah, you can go to one of them and stuff as much as you can. And, yeah, it might run some simplistic stuff like lights. Uh, then you, if you're building a cabin, then you'd have to figure out how to run electricity. And, again, stuff that's that can be figured out and done. I know there's so many people out there going to be like, these fucktards don't know how to hook up you <laughs> know, lights. And, yes, we do. We're just hot talking and... Imagine the i don't think millennials would survive a zombie apocalypse. I really don't. I think my generation is the last generation that's gonna survive, and we're gonna have this big skip of yeah. generation, and it'll be the kids born under the world of zombie apocalypse that are able to keep it going because I think millennials are too too far involved in in simplicity to be able to to get them. So I could be wrong. They may be able to adapt, but. I, at least from what I see on social media, they ain't lasting long.
1: No. They, they're they going, oh, I can't get my Starbucks coffee, and uh, what do you mean I have to cook and prep the food myself type stuff? Yeah, that's um, another thing. I, I have experience. I think it was probably. And...
0: Say <clears throat> so again? That's another thing. It's like I have experience in campfire cooking. Like I know how to cook vegetables over an open flame, and how to cook meat over an open flame. I know how to build – uh, great for lack of a better word, over a open campfire and how to cook on that. I've I've done that, so I have that skill set, and I I probably be able to cook almost as good as I can cook in on a in a kitchen, in on, on a on a fire.
1: Yeah, um, I, I was gonna say too the uh, the um, last generation of Boy Scouts, if you will. Um, you know the people who can camp and cook and survive a minimalist lifestyle. I think that's the best best approach. Um, I mean, even I mean, I, I love technology. You, you know, I know you as well. I love playing with technology. I, that's one of the reasons I enjoy doing this podcast is because it's a new dimension. It's a it's something that we enjoy. We we have the technology. We have, and we're learning the skills of doing it. But I think that the people who aren't hands-on, and I know we lost an episode uh, for for the listeners who are following every episode. I know we lost an episode that I think was the One Hit Wonders, and we were talking about no,
0: we had the technology. Wonder we stuff. had One Hit Wonders. We lost the cars.
1: Oh, we lost the cars. Okay, um, I, I haven't listened to all of our material because I've been doing other stuff. Uh, you know. Life takes its toll, um, uh, but I totally lost my train of thought too. <laughs> this is gonna be fun. I lost that rabbit hole, but maybe it'll open back up. Uh, I was gonna say that the people who can't do for themselves, I think, are gonna struggle the most. Mm. And uh, oh, maybe it's when we were talking about audio, um, where. Our generation is kind of the last generation that likes doing them stuff for themselves. I mean, we've both built audio systems. We've installed them. It's something that we enjoy using our hands and having a product to show for it. And I think that if you don't have that mentality, you wouldn't survive any type of post-apocalyptic, whether it's zombies or nuclear holocaust. You're not going to survive if you can't do for yourself. If you don't have that interest in doing for yourself, and I think that's a lot of the generation below me, Again, I consider you to be the same generation I'm in, even though we do have a bit of an age difference. I think that's going to be something that if you don't have that that mentality and that approach to I want to learn this so I can do it for myself or I want to learn this to better my life or I want to learn this to take and, and have a result at the end that I'm proud of. I don't think you'd ever stand a chance.
0: Yeah, I think the best the best way to go about it would be when you're going on your looting spree, to you know, loot a, a bookstore and try to pick up some of these things that you can read and learn that you don't know how to do and 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 get it into your system. Like I said it, it, sometimes it's not everyone's fault. I mean, yeah, we like to work on cars, but the car industry doesn't make it easy for people to work on cars anymore.
1: No, absolutely not not and let me just rabbit hole that there too um I, maybe i've and again it's hard to remember uh, i do work in the audio industry um that's a it's a it's a difficult position i love tinkering with what i own i mean i don't i like having a good foundation and then making it my own i have things done to my vehicles that a lot of people probably wouldn't understand unless they were really into it you know Um, I'm actually looking I think I actually might've found my next vehicle. I'll talk to you about that off air as it were, but the car industry is struggling in the fact that back in the day, everybody could, could service everything. I mean, people could take and troubleshoot everything, right? That makes sense. I understand that. Um, people have amazing ability to adapt and overcome. And, uh, you know, that's, that's interesting to, to, delve into maybe we can do another episode that way um but at the same time it's they're hurting themselves because they want to make stuff where you can only be done at a dealership but at the same time they have to sell next year's product too and that's i think where they're, they they're kind of limiting themselves you know um i think the a lot of the older cars and maybe it's just my perception of back in the day and and how things were i think a lot of the older cars could had the longevity because they were quality product and the dealerships yeah they they could service them but it wasn't like oh they were struggling for it you know um i think the now it's so technology focused and I, i without saying who i work for or anything like that um I think that the focus now is how many advancements technology, whether it's impact sensors to entertainment systems, to DVD systems, and every TV or every chair, every seat has its own monitor. I think you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot because at some point that's going to get old and outdated and it's going to stop working. And guess what? No one's going to be able to fix it. And it's almost like you're building... The was it the pre-planned obsolescence? I think is the term that, that a lot of people use, especially when it comes to like cell phones. Um, I think that's 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 a detriment to the companies. Yeah, they're top of the line. They're they're the bleeding edge of technology and comfort and luxury. I love that. Listen, you know I'm a big audio guy. I enjoy that stuff. I like the fact that all the new cars have cameras on them. But at some point, that stuff's not going to be. I mean, it's going to be obsolete. Look at anything. Any any technology at some point becomes obsolete. And I don't see the future generations having the ability to take and actually have a a say in it. You know, it, They're not going to be able to fix it. I think I lost you. Are you still there?
0: No, I'm still here. I, it's, I had a poor connection, so it said switch to audio only. So I'm going to try that because it was starting to glitch okay, out. Okay, okay. It was starting to digitize in no the problem. middle of your, your rant. So okay. maybe maybe try that on yours. Oh, it would pick some stuff up a little bit. say again. I said try try switching it to audio only on your side too, or maybe it already did on itself. But
1: yeah, to it, uh, turn off video. Okay, try that. Okay, are we still connected. Yeah, we're still good. Okay, cool. Um, so so uh, I totally lost my rank. Oh, I I think that the future generations because they don't have that that tendency. And I'm not saying it's a blanket statement. I don't want you to think that I'm saying that nobody younger than me is ever going to be able to fix anything. But I think that we're so focused right now on the technological aspect and how far can we push the future. I think that we're limiting ourselves because we're not going to be able to maintain it in the future. Um, Part of that is because of the advancement of technology. Um, You know, it's I I love I love it. It, It's fun stuff. It's it's good to see, Uh, but at the same time, I think it's going to hurt ourselves in the long run.
0: Yeah, um, I kind of agree with you. Like I say, I love the technology in my truck, but you know, I'm not facing a zombie apocalypse in my truck. Um, I would probably go after a good running, you know, early '90s car or truck. um, Listen,
1: if it happens, you and I will definitely find the. These bastion of uh, old body styles, and again, if we lost the the car episode, um, you know we can recover that later. We can probably do it again. Well, I think but, the move uh, is... you and I would definitely go find the old school, like the truck you you gave up for for years. You know,
0: well, yeah, but I think the move would be, um, you know, get out while you can, and the stuff that gets the better miles per gallon. Because, like I said, with, with me having to buy a new truck, I've saved a ton of money just on the fact that. I don't have to put gas in the truck as much as I used to. Um, So, I mean, that's a nice technology feature. Um, My radio, I didn't have to swap out my radio to get what I want. It came with the truck. Again, nice technology feature. Although I fear the day that that thing ever breaks because that's going to be something that's going to cost an arm and a leg. Even if I could replace it myself, which I don't know if I can, Uh, I'm sure that piece is not cheap. So it's just one of those... It's becoming more expensive to keep your car. It's becoming easier just to trade it in and buy a new one. And that's, and that's what they want. Yep. That's, what the, that's what the car industry wants. They want you to buy a car as opposed to being able to keep a car for 30 plus years. They want you to probably get about 10 years out of a car before you have to buy a new one.
1: Yeah. Um, when I was working in retail, um, the... the expected life or life expectancy. i'm sorry life expectancy of a shoe that was hard to say for some reason so um strong. the life expectancy was six to eight months and people would be coming in and i just bought these shoes a year ago or it hasn't been a year and i'm going well how much do you walk in it? you know what do you do in those shoes do you I mean are you going off-road are you doing back trails are you you know what are you doing in that shoe and you know people were shocked when I was like well listen you got eight months that that's a good good amount of time on that shoe you know um, for that I can understand I mean and that and to I mean fashion is is fickle and you know it's like it goes around every 20 30 years uh, what's new what's old is new again type of theory but uh you know, it's, I'm not in charge of the world or how the universe works. So, you know, it is what it is. I Like I said, I, going back to what you said, I enjoy it. I just don't know if uh, any of that's going to ever last. And I think maybe that's to, to the negative rather than to the positive. You know, it, it, creates, um, it creates market and economy forces and factors that, you know, maybe maybe we could be busy spending lives doing things better. You know.
0: Yeah. No, I know. Um, let's see. I'm I'm trying to think. Um, let, let's talk about. I, I. Let's talk about in this.
1: I, I was still, You there? I'm sorry. I got some digitization. Uh, go. Yeah. You still with me?
0: Yeah. yeah. i was saying like. Uh, you know, let's try to talk about this. Uh, you know, post-apocalyptic. So we we pretty much got covered. What we would do? We would you know stake up in the in a higher terrain where we can farm and and in a woods where we can um, support ourselves. You know, agriculturally as well. Um, weapons loadout and like I said, I would definitely have a bow and and. In my weapons package, for sure. Um, but I, I would also have a melee weapon, like a machete. It probably would be a mm-hmm. machete, because it's long enough where you can get some distance, but it's short enough to holster pretty well. Yeah. Uh, a sidearm. Like, and... like a scabbard or something? Yeah. yeah. Or a hatchet of some sort, something. Sure. Something, something again that you can swing and doesn't make any sound, doesn't cost any ammo. Um, when I right. need to sidearm for, for uh, you know, sidearms are good to have. Probably a, say a forty-five just for the stopping power of a forty-five. Um, right. And if I'm on like a scout patrol, probably some type of uh, rifle as well. Uh, to accompany that as your main source of the shit hits the fan, uh, when you're on scavenging missions in the towns, trying to get supplies. Uh, Right. I think that would be
1: the low. What is, uh, okay. I'd agree with that. I think, uh, I think a pistol is a must, um, just for, uh, you know, kind of the close quarters, but not necessarily within knife range. Um, I think it was uh, Zombie Land. I think there's a scene when they're in the, it's like a uh, Publix or whatever, like a, the grocery store. I think there's a, a scene where they have machetes. So definitely a pistol, definitely a machete. Um, only because I mean, I, I think South Florida is kind of a machete haven, if you will. Um, they're useful for everything. If if you don't have a machete in your garage. Yard work or to cut down palm branches or whatever it is, Um, your garage is lacking sadly. Um, So, uh, sidearm pistol, um, anything I could carry Um, nine for the fact that you can normally carry more rounds, but 45 for the stopping power. So, um, you know, either of those two are, are, and we could definitely have that as a topic of discussion for the future. Um, Either of those are two great chambers. Um, definitely a long rifle. I think maybe for the, for worst case scenario, maybe a shotgun for kind of a scattergun effect, I think would be a, a weapon, but it wouldn't be like my, my first choice. Like I said, I think the pistol, a good machete and uh, a long rifle to kind of, uh, you know, I'm talking like a scoped, you know, twenty-two inch, twenty-six inch, long-barreled. I'll again reach out and hit you before you know I'm there. Type type weapon. I think those would be my three. Every time I load out to go outside, I think that's how I'd approach it. Yeah, I mean, uh, you'd also have long. to.
0: You'd also have to uh, plan on what you're you're attempting to do. See, you know, you could do the keep the long rifle in the the vehicle. Um, and bring a shotgun into the grocery store for the fact that pretty much if you're in a grocery store you're not gonna need a rifle you're gonna a shotguns gonna right, be right, a better right. use for you because um, you right. can pretty yeah. much get any any target at a di- i mean shotguns are much more have have a much more distance to them than what Video games portray them, or movies portray them as having. Oh,
1: absolutely, absolutely.
0: So it's not like you have to be within ten feet. You you have you know a good amount of 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 range that you can hit. So inside a building, a shotgun's almost a perfect thing. Um, the yeah. downside is is the the ammo capacity in a shotgun. Uh, again, right. bow and arrow. If you um, just do things stealthy, it's you know, pick things off one at a time without causing distractions and where you're gonna be picked up by noise and you're gonna be able to get through that grocery store pretty not quickly. It's not gonna be a quick job, but you're gonna do it safely and get the supplies you you need and head back.
1: Right. I uh I I think to the um um the the lethality like you said the the shotgun of effective range i think that's something that is always under appreciated the um the channel if anybody uh follows youtube people or or youtube channels i think it's a iraqi veteran eighty eight eighty eight. um the guy's name is eric if i if i'm not mistaken He's a really cool guy. I think he's somebody that just uh, been part of the crew. had to, had we crossed paths down here locally. Um, he does a thing. How how? Uh, what's the maximum distance? Or how lethal is it? What's you know? He's got a series of different different loads. Whether it's a nine mil pistol, a forty five pistol. Uh, I think he does a twenty two long rifle. But if any of our listeners are into guns and hunting or or even self-defense he has this, like I said a series where he has land and he'll set up a target and cameras multiple cameras multiple angles and he'll set it up where he can take and back himself out i think up to four or five hundred yards and still shoot at the target and it's it's incredible there's some stuff that you're like there's no way first of all there's no way it's lethal but he sets it up uh, the, uh, I think this the military. I want to say, I want to say he was in the army. Uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, by the way, if, if Eric, if, if you hear this by any chance, uh, you know, I, like I said, I'm a fan, but I'm not like a stalker. So I don't know all the details. I think he was in the army. I think the, uh, the qualification is quarter inch of, uh, of plywood that it's got to penetrate to be considered lethal, a lethal distance or a lethal hit. And I think he sets up most of his with a three-quarter inch, and you would be surprised, um, you know, twenty-two. How how far out it works? Uh, nine mil pistol. we're talking, you know, a four and a quarter inch barrel. Um, that that he he'll walk back, you know, a couple hundred yards and has no problem with it. So, uh, anyways, that's another rabbit hole we can go down in some other. Uh, future point or, or future episode, but, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I think shotgun for, uh, for indoors, if I'm going to the library or going to the grocery store, I think a shotgun would be carried. Um, I'm thinking of a loadout. If I was going to load out as far as a, a vehicle goes, uh, I want something big and, uh, something that can, can off road, even if I'm just off-roading zombies or whatever it may be. I think that's uh, that's a good idea I'd also have something where I could store a long rifle and then also have a shotgun as well so if I need it I can'll um, go ahead and uh, and try to wrap this up but I you know, leave leave one of each in the truck and then depending on the situation take and uh, get that you know get that addressed I can change my loadout as I'm getting out of the vehicle or whatever. Will, how you doing over there? You got uh you got your second beer down or you still oh, nerd? Dude, I'm
0: on beer. I'm, I finished beer number 3, dude. Um,
1: oh, I didn't uh, I guess maybe because uh for those of you listening as well, um, Will and I started out with a video feed. Uh so we could kind of interact that way. Um, we cut that out uh, maybe an hour ago, 45 yeah. minutes ago.
0: Yeah, we're and, having we've been having some audio. No, nah, we've been having some connection issues, so we're going to We're going to wrap this episode up, although I do think it's a topic that we can pick back up and go plethora of options on. So I say for the uh, next post-apocalyptic conversation is um, the realization that there's going to be some human societies that and how are you going to tackle those. And for any of you watching The Walking Dead going, they're just copying Walking Dead talk, uh, not really, because I haven't seen Walking Dead since like season three. I, I do know there are some societies, and but that's a part of the discussion, and it's not so much as copying, it's how would we deal with those situations as we come up with them. So I, I think this could be a whole, not so much series, but a topic we can come back to in, in a later
1: day. Oh, absolutely.
0: And, and absolutely. continue. So. I,
1: uh, let me just throw in, for you said you haven't watched since season two. I have never watched any amount of episode. I've never seen a second of the show that I'm aware of. Um, But the funny thing is, a buddy of mine from college is a constant extra. He's a recurring small character henchman. Um, But uh, so, Craig, matter of fact, I'm going to send you this link once we go live just to give you a shout out. Um, Craig, um, he's my buddy Craig, really cool guy. Um, he's, he's actually part of the show, which I think is cool because I'll just randomly see pictures of him on set, you know, posted up with some of the main characters and stuff, which, uh, I, I now I'm kind of feeling bad because I haven't supported my friends and, and their successes. But, uh, uh, yeah, definitely that's uh, something that at some point I'm going to sit down and watch it. And I know, uh, just from talking with other people who are fans of the show, I know it's got a big, um, uh morality kind of where's the cutoff thing and i think uh for today's political realm and atmosphere in in the world i think that's a uh i think that's something we could definitely talk about for for you know, another episode so um craig uh at some point we will get you posted up and uh who knows maybe we can get you on an episode and uh get your intake on it and, and get your your point of view from first hand experience
0: yeah uh no for sure so i think with that being said we've kind of discussed what we wanted to discuss you know if we were doing this live together and didn't have the technology issues we don't want to have the uh, you know the call drop out in the middle of the episode as it be so all right um i think i think that's a good good way to to end it steve uh, how do you feel about your coffee beer
1: Listen, um, I, I think I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I didn't eat dinner necessarily. I just kind of had a, a little bit of I snack kinda, before I started. Kinda,
0: I kind of wouldn't eat dinner if I were you, just uh, giving you a heads up. You're drinking a stout, so if you're going to eat anything, I would just snack on something light for the rest of the night.
1: Gotcha. I, uh, I'm i definitely feeling a buzz, and, I mean, I'm I'm almost done with the second beer here. Um, again, it's, it's a lot... Uh, you know, I'm not going anywhere. I'm in for for the weekend. Um, uh, it's definitely gotten a little bit of a kick on it with the 8.3, I think, is what I, I read. I'll look at it later. Um, uh, it's definitely heavier than uh, than most of the beers that we've had so far on on our show. Um, I, I like it. I like the flavor of it, but it would be like a dessert for me. It's not going to be like a. I just Want to chill and have a nice afternoon. I think this is like a. I'm not doing anything for the rest of the day, and I I think that's where it would stand. I don't know how you could have this for breakfast and be uh, a productive member of society, uh, uh, you know, after drinking one or let alone two of these. I think that's uh, uh, my kind of take on it. I like the flavor. Like I said, it's heavy chocolate, heavy coffee, Um, two of my favorite flavors, matter of fact. And, uh, a good and it's not like a bitter coffee um it's a smooth i think the, the smoothness blends into the oatmeal flavor of it again this is the founders it's breakfast stout double chocolate coffee oatmeal stout for the description and the brand and the, the name of it um like i said it i think yours from the description um that was again the uh, was it three dollars? Uh, coffee pale ale. Uh, three dollars coffee blonde ale, um, which is definitely like an, ale. Yeah, right.
0: which is definitely going to be an easier drinking as far as back. I said I've had three. Um, I said I got a decent little buzz going. Not not too bad. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the alcohol percentage on is on it. it. Doesn't really say. Quite honestly, although it should. Oh yeah, it does. It's five percent. So. It's okay. not. It's not as much as but you. So I've had three. Not too far around. So yeah, we probably got the same type of buzz in just different ways. Um, yeah. But with that being said, Steve, I'm going to hang up on you because you're about to drop out any minute, and then I'm gonna do a little outro, and we're gonna be done with the show.
1: So they go. Before you cut me off, let me just say uh, thank you for listening. Um, we want to hear feedback. What is your listen? Do you have a favorite coffee beer? Let us know. We will try to find it locally. Um, again, we're based in South Florida, so uh, kind of keep that in mind. If not, be willing to ship us stuff, you know? Um, take and uh, let us know what you think. How would you survive if there was an apocalypse of any type? And uh, what do you think of the Aladdin movie? What are your expectations? And, uh, again, thank you for listening. I'll go ahead and sign off. Will, thank you for, uh, you know, being willing to uh, sit in at the controls tonight. And, uh, we look forward to many more episodes and we hope you enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.
0: All right, folks. So, um, that was the first ever Skype episode. Um, I know we had some connection issues, so we're going to work on that for the next one. Um, but I think, you know, cause I, I heard him too. So it's not like I didn't hear him. Um, uh, and I can make out what he was saying for the most part. So I think it's going to be. Easy enough to determine what what the conversation's going. Uh, the best recording, no, it's a good show though. So uh, uh, until the next time, guys, you know, have a good one.